If you're someone who has always wanted to get consistent clients in their online service-based business without the pressure to post on social media, I made this podcast specifically for you. I'm Leslie Stevens, and I am so excited to welcome you to the Not an Influencer show, where we chat about other organic marketing strategies that you can use to bring clients into your business quickly and easily, and the tangible tips for you to move forward faster in your business, and the stories of the entrepreneurs who are doing the same every single day. You do not have to be an influencer to be an impact maker and a successful online business owner. Today, we get to talk to Joanna, and I am so excited for this conversation. So tell us a little bit about you and what you do. So thank you so much for inviting me. I've been really looking forward to this, I have to say. So yeah, I'm Joanna, based in the UK, and ever since I was a young girl, I knew there was something different about me. I knew I was different from my family members, different from my friends at that stage, and as I grew up, different from my um, from my colleagues as well. And it wasn't until my 30s that I found out what made me different is that I'm an introvert. But I love it. <laughs> and, and so many people actually don't find out until they're older. But all that did was it didn't help me learn how to be a great introvert. It showed me the differences. It kind of highlighted the differences between what being an introvert and an extrovert were. So then I could pretend to be more extroverted more successfully until I hit burnout. So I'm on a big mission now to highlight and and shift the extroversion bias in education and business because with up to 50% of any population identifying as an introvert, we deserve to thrive and flourish in a world where actually we can be ourselves, we can play to our strengths. Amazing. And I, what I think about being introverted and introverts, I think it actually gives us a huge advantage. I want to know what you think about this as well. I think it gives us a huge advantage, especially in business, because we're great at building relationships, because it's it's at a deeper level. It's less kind of shouting out and hoping someone hears us where we really like to, we like to talk to people. We like to get to know people. It's more about us being curious about others. So what, what do you think about that? I absolutely agree. 100%. So one, you know, if we if we start to unpack all of this natural talents and strengths that an introvert have, you're quite right. It's about actually building meaningful relationships, having conversations that are generative, that move things forward. And and it's about having usually superb listening skills. So when someone else is talking, we are usually actively, if not empathically listening. So we hear what's being said as well as what's not being said. So we're good noticers. We notice when there was a bit of a twitch or when somebody kind of, you know, rolled their eyes or whatever. So we can read between the lines really successfully. So, you know, we make great business people. We make great leaders. We make great salespeople. And ironically, we make great networkers. Once we've realized that networking is not about small talk chit chat, because actually nobody benefits from that. <laughs> yeah. So what what is networking about? 
So for me, networking, and and I run short programs on this, and I remind people that it's called networking, not net lurking. So <laughs> this isn't about hanging around the corners of the room, feeling awkward and, and kind of playing with our phone, hoping nobody will notice us. But for me, it's very much about who do I need to or want to make connection with that I want a bigger conversation with. So it's not even about exchanging business cards for me. I'm, I mean, I'm old enough to remember that's when what we did at networking. But for me, it's about doing my research first. Who's going to be there? Who do I want to talk to? Who would it benefit from me either tapping into their knowledge or wisdom and occasionally tapping into their networks so that what I'm doing is, is building some kind of reciprocal relationship with somebody and for me that's what networking is I know I've met my goal when I've walked away and somebody says let's put date in the diary to have coffee because I want to talk to you more that's for me what networking is mm -hmm. it's exactly what it is so we see extroverts more than we see introverts especially in the social media era, era like every not everyone you see on social media is an extrovert, but most of them are because they put themselves out there. That's what they're good at. They love to do that. And it's fantastic for them. And like you mentioned before, you were doing that too, to the point of burnout. And I used to do that too. And that's where I ended, how I ended up here today is I thought that was the only way to succeed was putting myself out there like an extrovert. And that's only because we see them more. So how, as an introvert, do we go about creating successful businesses and connecting with clients? Great question. And, and just to add to what you were saying, most of us end up doing that because that's the feedback and the advice we're given. Push yourself forward more, speak up more, do this more, do that more, all about being more extroverted. But actually, when we're, when we're in that brilliant position of of building our own business and for me this is usually introvert heaven actually because I get to choose who I work with I get to choose you know how I want to work and and if I need to take time out to recharge I can take time out to recharge but it's actually for me about owning first of all owning my introversion it's nothing to be ashamed of there's nothing wrong with us we're not broken we're not in need of fixing we're just wired differently so my little saying is we're not weird we're wired differently and once i understand my different wiring then what i can do is i can build a business around what works well for me i don't have to follow somebody's cookie cutter advice about how a business should be I build a business that works for me, that enables me to build those great relationships, to find clients that want to work with someone who listens, who's calming, who's resourceful. And, and th I think the other thing that when we're building a business, we need to understand is, and I can't tell you how many courses I've been on where there's been a bit about overcoming objections. And if they say <laughs> they want time to think, it's an objection that you need to you know, overcome. No, it's not. For introverts, when they say, I'd like time to think, nine times out of 10, that means I want time to think. Mm 
And so to not be hustled in that way and to be encouraged even to say, you're probably going to want to think about this and even talk with people who are important to you. So why don't you go and do that and let's meet up again next week and then we can <laughs> handle any of those questions. So for me, this is about being true to my nature, not following what some guru somewhere, extroverted guru somewhere said was the way to do it. Mm -hmm. And sometimes it's just that, that's what they have been told to do too. Nine times out of 10. And they don't understand this neurodiversity. And because we are much wiser these days around diversity, equity, and inclusion, and introverts are starting to say, actually, no, I, I know I need time to think and I deserve time to think. So when someone pushes me now, I push straight back and end the conversation. That's it. I'm done. I won't mm -hmm. give them the time of day. I'm much feistier now than I was in my younger years. Yeah, I've, I've definitely experienced that, especially uh, working with other entrepreneurs where you know that they've been through those trainings and like learning that for myself and then experiencing that. It's it just turned me off to the experience completely. And I'm like, I can't do it that way because of the way it makes you feel on the other end. And if you don't feel comfortable in those situations, then that doesn't need to be the way that you create your business as well. I always like to think how it would feel on the other side if it were me. Yeah. Yeah. And those are the people that I love to work with as well. The ones who would think more along the lines that I would not be pushed kind of. Mm. And, and even if they are more extroverted, provided they've got sufficient awareness to either hear me when I say, actually, I'm an introvert and I need time to think about this, or to recognize the really good ones, recognize it in my personality and don't need me to tell them, then they're the ones I'm much more likely to work with or to refer. If it's not right for me, I'm still happy to refer them on because they do, you know, they're doing good work as opposed to it. It's not so long ago that... I was being pitched by somebody and we got to the price, which was excruciatingly expensive as far as I was concerned. And when I said, no, actually, this doesn't feel right. I am going to go away and think about it. But just to give you the heads up, it doesn't feel right. I then got shamed in terms of, so you're not really committed to, to your business then. You, you're not committed to your vision. And that for me was the big no-no. And mm -hmm. I have told many people about that because for me, that is, that is really bad practice. Yeah. No one should ever, that doesn't mean your level co of commitment is not there. That just means you are not the right fit at this moment Absolutely. or in general, which is okay. Not everybody is going to want to work with you. Not everyone should work with you. That's why everybody's different. That's why we have so many opportunities. So Absolutely. As, as an introverted person, how should they position themselves to start to get clients? Re really good question, actually. I think, and, and pretty much everyone who helps people set up in business will help people understand who their ideal client is. And I don't know how many times I've done that work 
And every time I do it, I refine it a bit. I refine it a bit. And, and I think, you know, we can almost never do it enough. So I think it is about being absolutely clear who it is we're talking to as an ideal client. And for an introvert in particular, for me, it's important that I like that persona that I've created for, the, for that individual client in that I care about them and their issue, whatever it is I'm, you know, I'm trying to help them with, whether it's a service I'm providing, whether it's a product I'm providing. There's a, an authentic um, sense of I know that this product is going to help them, is going to be of benefit from them because I know them so well. So. I personally take time to get to know clients and I will also be really clear about the fact, you know, I don't think this is quite right for you. I've got a couple of other people that it might be worth you talking to. So I'm not going to make the sale at, at any cost. I'm only going mm -hmm. to offer my services to the people who I know will benefit, who will then be great advocates for me and my business. What I don't want is unhappy people who feel they've been forced into buying something that isn't going to work for them. Yeah, definitely. And the more clear you are about that, the more direct your approach can be in developing relationships with the right people. Because when we're not clear, that's when we get that rejection a bit more because we're mm -hmm. going and we're talking to people who aren't the right fit, who won't get the best results from our program. And hey, that's okay. Like you said, you're constantly tweaking, you're constantly learning. Sometimes you have to talk to the wrong people to figure yes. out like, oh, okay, maybe let's shift this a little bit and try to talk to somebody new. But the more you talk to the right people, that's where your confidence grows. Uh, and I think just... that's spot. Yeah, I think that's spot on in terms of I'm a you know having been in the world of learning and development coaching since 1987, so a very long time. I absolutely know that I because I I have a I'm a lifelong learner. I have a growth mindset. I learn when things don't go well. So occasionally it's going to smart a bit, and I I can feel myself wincing as it as it doesn't go right. But then I absolutely take time to understand, so what was it? And if the potential client on the other end is prepared, I'll have a conversation with them about, you know, where, why, why it wasn't the right thing for them, where it didn't go well, not because I'm now going to close them, but actually because I want to understand and refine my process all the time. And I think all good business people have that kind of continuous improvement gene that says I always want to be doing better. I always want to make sure that I'm 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 targeting this absolutely right. Mm -hmm. And when you're playing to your strengths, how do you support introverts in figuring out what their strengths really are? Again, a great question because so many many of us have been fed over the years or decades in some cases what we're not good at, that we lose sight of the things we are good at. And there are some fairly good um, questionnaires that will help you understand your strengths, whether it's the classic strengths finder, the Clifton Strengths Finder questionnaire, um, whether it's even just going back into your Myers-Briggs type um, typing to pick that up for those that have done that. I've got an introvert questionnaire that helps people understand which of the six types or blend they are, which again will help them identify their strengths. But for me, it also comes down to being prepared to list 
what are the things I love doing? And just because I love doing it does not make it my strength. What are the things I'm good at doing? And just because I'm good at them doesn't make it my strength. My strength comes when we pair those up, when we get the overlap with the things that I'm good at. So I'm a big fan of the westernized ikigai process where we look at, especially for those setting a setting up in business to begin with, you know, what is it they love doing? What are they good at? What does, what can they get paid for? And what does the world need? In the heart of that is absolutely the purpose, maybe your true purpose, but certainly the purpose of your business. So for me, the first thing is let's list down all those things I'm good at. And then do I like them or do I not like them? Because I, there are things I'm really good at that bore me rigid, so I can't consistently do them to a high standard. And after all, that's what a strength is. It's something that I can consistently do to a high standard over a length of time. So let's be really clear about that and then build your business around your strengths. Mm -hmm. Definitely. You don't want your business to always feel forced. That's where the burnout comes. And you can do that. It's like finding your strengths. You can do something and you can be good at something, but if you don't enjoy it, it's it's going to make an impact on your life and eventually your business as well. Yeah, because it, it, it will show through. People are perceptive enough and there are so many examples of people in running small businesses now that it's very easy to pick up when people love what they're doing and when they don't. Oh, yeah. It comes across so much in their energy. So yeah. with the people you work with, how what are the most common practices for them to begin to market themselves? There's something that often is, well, there's two areas, I suppose, we start working on relatively quickly. And one is around getting to meet your inner critic. So most of us have that annoying little voice that kind of whispers in our ear at usually very inopportune moments that says, you can't do that. You can't say that. Who are you to do that? So I developed a process where I, I take people on a guided meditation to actually meet their inner critic. So my inner critic is called Gladys. She looks a bit like a cross between Dobby the house elf and um, Gollum. If you can imagine a real pallid, waxy skin, big watery eyes, scared, you know, scared out of their skin. And once I, once I got to understand to to meet her to see her I could then start to understand so what is she protecting me from what she's so afraid of because all inner critics do is keep us safe from something or from many mm -hmm. things so once once I help people understand what is your inner critic trying to keep you safe from you can then choose you can then discern which are the right messages to listen to because some of them are really good messages. So you don't want to dismiss offhand your inner critic. Some of what they say is really good advice to listen to, but some of it is like they're a bit panicky, they're worrying, they're over worrying. So having met your inner critic and got them, and you know, to, to you can really understand what they're fears are, you can then choose whether to listen or not to listen. But even, in fact, I always listen, but it's whether I do anything. Sometimes I just say to Gladys, thanks for raising that, but we've got that covered. Keep doing the good work, mm -hmm. though, because you're keeping me safe. So thank you. Mm -hmm. So really 
familiarizing yourself with your inner critic, not seeing it as an enemy because it's not, and then engaging one of your other sub-personalities, usually the inner advocate, to balance the inner critic, for mm -hmm. me, is one of the big steps forward because that helps build, build people's confidence. It helps get them to the point where they can confidently talk about their products, their services, what they offer. You know, I resisted for many years ever referring to myself as an expert, and it still makes me a bit twitchy when I hear that. But but I can refer to myself as an authority. I'm an authority on this stuff. And I can stand full square in the power of that and claim that I'm an authority. And once you've got, once you understand your inner critic, you've got your inner advocate on side, and maybe even we, we introduce your inner rebel, anything becomes possible. So oh, that's some of the rebel. first bits of work we have to do. <laughs> mm -hmm. So then when they start to take the actions, when they've kind of gotten to know their inner critic and all of those things, what actions are they taking first? So I think taking actions first is understanding really what it is they're offering and how it's benefiting people. So, you know, the classic old sales stuff about features benefit, nobody's interested in the features. People want to know what's the benefit, what's the transformation, how is this really going to help people? And in the same way that we need to help introverts articulate their strengths, I think introverts also need to practice and get really clear at articulating their transformation that they're offering so that when they get into conversation and the time's right, it just kind of trips off the tongue. They're not having to scratch their head and feel all awkward about it. So I think it is about really nailing that transforma transformation and being able to articulate it clearly based on what the person that they're talking to has said they need. Mm -hmm, definitely. I think that you can be like, you can be the expert, you can be the authority, but if you don't know how to communicate the transformation that you can make for somebody, none of that, I mean, unfortunately, none of that matters. No, because exactly. that's something I struggled with when I started my first business. I was a registered dietitian. I had my master's degree. I was a certified personal trainer for 10 years. Like I had all of those letters behind my name. I didn't know how to communicate what I did. Mm. And what I did was I helped people lose weight, but I wanted to overcomplicate it for so long because I was like, oh, well, I can help you with your mindset so that you can make better choices and you can like all of this stuff. I just tried to overcomplicate it. But when you break it down, I helped people lose weight and I couldn't yeah. communicate that because I was thinking way too much about it. And again, when you Same think about it from the other person's perspective, what do they want to know? They simple is best. They, they want something that they can actually go, I want that, or I don't want that. Thank you. And, but mm -hmm. we need to make we need to make it easy for them to make the choice. And if yeah. we wrap it up too much or overcomplicate it, people are unsure whether they want it or not. Now, that might be a technique that some people use to keep people in the conversation. For me, it's not one I believe in. So I believe in making it simple, making the transformation statement really clear so that people can choose yay or nay. Do they want it or do they not want it? Yeah, because we want to know the people who don't want it either, because we don't want to be there to try and 
convince them or force them into thinking they want something that they don't really want. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. That's not my role. My role is not to convince people. My role is not to persuade people. My role is to offer people the transformation. And if I do my job well, they go, wow, I need that. If mm -hmm. I don't do it so well, there may be some more conversation to be had, but I'm, I'm just offering. I'm not forcing. I'm not selling. I'm not persuading. I'm, I'm making an offer to people. Yeah. So how did you get your first client in your business? Ah, uh, I have to think because I have two strands to my business. So one strand I have is that I work with organizations to shine a light on the bias that exists so that we can kind of rattle the cages and shake out the bias. And, and that came initially through, um, I was invited on someone's podcast actually. And mm -hmm. then from that, they said, would I go and do a session with them? And it started with a, a lunchtime session and then it kind of developed on from there. When it came to the individual clients, then it was about me doing the standard stuff around getting known on social media for what it is I stand for, for the transformation I offer, creating a lead magnet so that actually people could opt in and get a taste followed up usually by a webinar and then into a course. So it's fairly standard route and, and the route works. So don't, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Mm -hmm. So do you work with people who don't like to use social media? Yes. So some of the people on the very first program I ran, which I called frustrated to flourishing, we had to run it on a separate platform. We couldn't do it in a pop-up Facebook group because they refused to do Facebook. Mm -hmm. Um, so I'm quite used to that now and, and will always have additional options for people. So a lot of introverts, and it's not because they don't like the, the, certainly the ones that I had in the course, it's not because they don't like, um, the kind of talking about themselves It's that they don't like the concept of social media, of everyone knowing everyone's business, because often introverts are quite private. Now, mm -hmm. I happen to be, from the questionnaire, I happen to be an open introvert. So you ask me how I'm feeling, I'm going to tell you, so you better mean the question. <laughs> so, so I am prepared to share bits of my life. But again, and I don't, also I don't subscribe to toxic positivity, so I don't only share the good bits, I will share the tough bits too. But I will share the bits that I think my clients can relate to, not mm -hmm. what I had for supper, not necessarily where I'm going to, you know, go and get my plants, which garden centre I'm getting my plants from. I share things that I think are going to be helpful to my clients. Mm -hmm. So when your clients don't use social media, how do you support them in getting out? I have an email list that I've built through my um, through the lead magnets that I've got, and I've got quite a few of them now. I have my own podcast, which is called The Flourishing Introvert Talks, dispelling the myth that we don't have anything to say for ourselves because that's one of the many myths about introversion is that we're tongue-tied and can't talk to anyone not true i have my own tv show now that runs every thursday night at, at uh, 8 p.m in uk time that's just uh, getting the message out there and i appear on other people's podcasts like this one here so there are many and linkedin i do quite a lot on linkedin because interestingly 
lots of introverts don't see LinkedIn as they see Facebook or Twitter or Instagram. They see it differently. They see it as a more professional networking tool. Mm -hmm. Amazing. Yeah. This conversation has been be between two introverts and I think we've had a great time. But before we go, do you have three action steps for someone going out and getting clients for them to take today to move them forward faster in their business? The first one is keep doing that work about your ideal client because it will refine over time. So never think, oh, I've been there, done that, don't need to do it. Keep doing that, it will refine. The second is to get really clear about the transformation you offer, either through your products or services, and, and get really eloquent at articulating that. Practice it. I know it's horrible, but practice it in front of the mirror and notice when you're kind of twitching as you're saying it and actually when you can hold your shoulders back and make great eye contact and, and say it confidently. And the third, I think, is, and maybe the third is the first, not sure, but is to really own those strengths and build a business designed around your strengths so that it's never going to feel like work because then you can go out and approach clients and offer your services without feeling awkward at all. Yeah, that last one, that's everything. That's like the golden standard, I think. So thank you so much for spending this time with us today. I had a great time and I will leave all of the links so that people can find you really easily in the description on the video and in the podcast description. So thank you so much. Perfect. I've really enjoyed our conversation. So thank you, Leslie. If you want to learn more about different marketing strategies to bring consistent clients into your business without feeling the pressure to post on social media, make sure you watch the free training on the client connection method, which is in the description below. Thanks for hanging out with us today.